Chapter 1 May, 1924, Boston Did you not study, Miss Eaton? Professor Whitmore was looking at me over his terribly large, badly smudged, and completely old-fashioned wire-framed glasses. The tufts of wiry white hairs that sprouted from his ears looked like billowing clouds of smoke, and a red stain was beginning to spread along the tops of his sharply angled cheeks. I, well, I, he looked at me as if hoping I had something of interest to say. I had studied. I was almost positive I had. This time I'd really meant to. I curled my toes up inside my old T-strap shoes. Because frankly, it doesn't seem as if you did. He was looking, quite pointedly, at the big black D he'd scrawled across the top of my theory of consumption economics exam. Hadn't I studied? I had. I know I had. That's what I'd been doing in the dormitory when I'd heard someone out in the hall. Thinking it was Martha, I'd opened the door, but the only person I saw was Irene Bennett, slipping into the room we used to share halfway down the hall. I hadn't had the chance to talk to her very much since mother and father had decided a room of my own might help me concentrate more on my studies, and now here the year was almost over. I liked Irene. She was an orphaned scholarship girl whose grandparents lived somewhere far enough away that she never had to see them during the school year, which left her with scads of time to fix her bobbed hair and roll her stockings so the seams were exactly straight and keep her membership in the honor society all at the same time. She looked just like the actress Colleen Moore, and she behaved like Louise Brooks. She was everything I wanted to be. Though Irene was always perfectly nice to me, she'd gotten in trouble several times this past term with the dean. I'd been hungry, so I left my textbook lying on the bed and went to find out how she was and if she had anything in her room to eat, only she hadn't. But what she did have was a big black eye. Only I hadn't known it at first because she kept turning away from me whenever she spoke, but I couldn't hear her, so I finally went to stand in front of her, and that's when I saw it. So I went downstairs to see if I could find any steaks in the kitchen that she could put on her eye, only the cook wasn't there anymore, so I rummaged through the icebox. I didn't find any raw ones, but I did find a cooked one left over from supper, but when I got back to Irene's room, she wouldn't open the door. I had to pull a bobby pin from my hair and jab it around in the lock until it opened, but then Irene told me to go away and leave her alone, and yes, her eye hurt like the dickens, and no, she didn't want to talk about how she got it. I offered her the steak, but she said she didn't want it, which made me wonder if she might be ill, because back when we'd been roommates, she used to eat everything, just like me, and sometimes we'd even go raid the kitchen at night. I couldn't bring myself to believe her, so I left the plate on her dresser. Once I got back to my room, I studied, I truly did, until Martha came by. She gave me several pieces of divinity candy she'd brought from home at the start of the week, and then told me the girls were getting up a game of mahjong down in the lounge, and wouldn't I like to come play a match or two? Wouldn't I? At least for a while. And so I dove into my closet to look for my silk kimono, did up my hair with a scarlet-colored ribbon, and colored my lips with a new lipstick I'd bought down at the drugstore. When I went down to join the girls, Irene was there dressed in Chinese pajamas. 
She'd put so much powder on her face and used so much coal pencil around her eyes, you couldn't really tell anything had happened to her. She was sitting in an open window, smoking a cigarette from a long-handled holder like she was some flapper. When I complained about the smoke and tried to ask about her eye again, she said something about paying attention to my own potatoes, which made me think maybe I'd been wrong about our being such good friends. I convinced the girls to open the rest of the windows to keep the smell out, but the wind was blowing the wrong way, so the smoke actually came back inside with a bunch of gnats and mosquitoes. Then Irene's cigarette ashes made a mark on the floor, and someone said Mrs. Smith, the house mother, was coming, and we dumped the tiles back into the box, clapped the lid on it, and, well, I just... You can't tell me you studied for this test. I tried to. If you would only apply yourself, Miss Eaton. I did try.